Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hatin' while I skatin' all the while masturbatin'. And that's, that's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, bow, number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow. How's it going, number one super guy? All right, all right, all right. It's me, Doug. <laughs> your host. <laughs> no Budget Nightmares podcast. Uh, just immediately making a fool out of yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, this I'm a feel. I feel like I'm a little bit of out of practice. Uh, I'm stumbling even over those words, right? Well, because it's been a few weeks. You know, I've been away for a little bit. Uh, I was at the Toronto International Film Festival for a little bit there, and I'm not bragging, but I did have a very good time there. Saw a lot of interesting movies. Uh, but now I'm back in the shit. Yeah, and I got yeah. a piss. Okay. No, is that? Did you, did you ever watch Snuffbox? Oh, of course. <laughs> because I'm in the I'm in the shit, and I've got a piss. Uh, but we are literally in the shit this week because we're going to be talking, or maybe actually, this is going to be a point of contention. Yeah. Uh-huh. As some of you know, I'm speaking to you, the listeners, right now. Uh, Mo and I, we try not to talk about the movies beforehand to any great detail. Uh, we like to have those kind of feelings that we have towards them to be kind of a surprise once we start talking about it. But Mo unable to keep his emotions in check yep. decided to go onto our no budget nightmares facebook group and and just kind of explode with love and respect for this week's movie yep yep exploded <laughs> he did he came i don't know if i'd say love or or even respect really but i did enjoy the movie i enjoyed it a lot more than you, think you might have even read i fucking love this movie did i I don't know, actually. I'm, uh, I'm putting words in your mouth. You might be putting words in my mouth. Uh, as, lo- uh, as long as it stays at words, we're okay. I have, make no promises. <laughs> uh, because we haven't actually revealed it yet, this week's movie, our subject, is Catholic Ghoul Girls by Eamon Hardiman from yeah. 2005. 2005, Mo. Is that one? it's from? 2005? Uh, I think it's technically from 2005, uh, even though they recently, fairly recently, uh, as in this year, uh, released a 10th anniversary DVD edition. I was going to say, because I think the copyright, like, I think the copywriter on the film itself says 2004. Well, I'm looking at the Internet Movie Database, which, of course, is never wrong. (laughs) Yeah, never wrong. Well, the fact that uh, that this year they released a 10th anniversary edition and the copyright says so at the end of the movie, I'm going to defer to that information. (laughs) (laughs) And and fuck what I said, 2004's Catholic Ghoul Girls. Now, I I don't know if, if, because I'm Canadian, my pronunciation is a little off sometimes. I hope everyone gets that I'm saying ghoul instead of school. Oh, I think we got it. Like a ghoul, like a ghost. Scary. A ghost? 
Well, a ghoul and a ghost, I think, are you're, we're, we're treading similar territory. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, supernatural, sure. Let's go supernatural. People love that. Yeah, it's a very popular TV show. Indeed. So Catholic Ghoul Girls from 2005, uh, and this is actually a movie that I had some familiarity with. In fact, if you go to the IMDb page for Catholic <laughs> Ghoul Girls, yes, please sniff right into the microphone. <laughs> that was just for you, man. <laughs> if you go to that IMDb page and you go to external uh, reviews, the only one I think that still works is, or maybe there's only two, is one by me from 2009 for this movie. <laughs> and and again, not to give, not to spoil anything, but it wasn't a very favorable review. Which is really funny, given some of the favorable favorable reviews you've given to some of the movies that we've done. You know, it's, is it funny, Mo? It is funny because I, you know, because I enjoyed this movie, and and it's, I think it's, I think it's odd that you didn't. Well, it's it, what's going to be fun about this episode is it's going to be me convincing you that your opinion is wrong. <laughs> that's all I'm going to do this entire episode. I'm, see, that's just going to make me stick to my guns even more. Um, I'm actually very curious to hear what about this movie appealed to you. I think that, again, even when we've disagreed in the past, we usually come to some sort of middle ground where right, right. it's just sort of leaning one way or the other. I think it's safe to say that the technical limitations of this movie are something that we're both very aware of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I See, I think this... I, I'm going to update my, my previous comment and say that... This, Already? <laughs> that, this, that this movie... That, this, that I enjoyed this movie and that it's really good despite the technical limitations. Now, keep in mind, I did go on and on and on, on the, in the Facebook group about how much I thought the audio editing and the sound quality on this film blows... It's some of the worst we've ever encountered. Okay, we're going to go into a lot of detail regarding those technical issues. Yeah. Because if there's one thing our audience loves, it's us talking about technical problems <laughs> the movie we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> but we got some shit we got to talk about first before uh -huh, we, get it, before uh -huh, we, make we get into it. We don't usually, you know, we, we usually save a lot of our housekeeping for the end, but sometimes there's something that's so exciting that we can't. We have to just kind of blurt it out yeah. uh, right off the top of our heads. I'm erect right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, <laughs> some of you uh, listeners might know that uh, Mo and I recently did a commentary for a very low-budget uh, Cuban-American werewolf movie called Light of Blood. Yep. Yes, and Light of Blood was uh, released on DVD by Cult Movie Mania, and uh, it's actually been delivered now to the people who did the initial ordering, uh, and they get autographed copies from the director, Gustavo Perez, and uh, I wrote some uh, liner notes for that, and again, Mo and I do that commentary, there's a bunch of special features. Now, I'm, I'm speaking very quietly because I don't want the folks at Cult Movie Mania to hear this. <laughs> the movie? Not that great. <laughs> <laughs> What I mean is the people who listen to this fucking show will love it because <laughs> when I say it's not great, I mean it is very poor. <laughs> it's a poorly made werewolf movie that is hilariously ridiculous. But it has some like insanely like fun qualities Absolutely. to it. It's, yeah, it's so, a very, very fun movie and it's yeah. very sincere, which for those of us, for those of you who've been listening for a long time know that sincerity goes a, really far with me. I don't like things that are uh, winking and, and kind of knowingly poor. This is someone trying to do their best and using all the resources available to them and coming up with something that is uniquely horrible. Right, right. <laughs> but absolutely right in the wheelhouse of anyone listening to this. And, I mean, this is my pitch to it because I enjoyed it so much anyway. But forget all that. 
the other thing we're doing here is a contest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a contest, a test of strength. <laughs> it's a Between festivus. Losers. It's a festivus for the rest of us. That's exactly it. Uh, we're uh, actually, it's a very simple contest for one of you listeners to win a copy of Light of Blood on DVD. Signed. A free copy. Signed. Signed. You may even request it to be signed by me. <laughs> Though I wouldn't suggest it uh, because Gustavo's uh, signature is obviously a lot more valuable. But uh, yes, I am going to send a copy to you from my person, which means that you will get my address. You can send things back to me. Anything. Excrement, maybe. Uh, but really anything that you'd like. But that's not really what this is about. Yeah. What we would like you to do is to leave us a review on iTunes. And you know what I'm going to do, Mo? I'm going to open it up. doesn't even need to be a positive review. Yeah, I was going to say, to tell us we suck. Tell, tell us, us we suck. Tell us that you're sick and tired of me yawning into the microphone and uh, uh, or that uh, you hate how, you know, you hate Doug's maniacal laugh or what? whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you, listen. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you dislike my laugh? Here's the thing, folks. Currently, our iTunes page is... Uh, Dereft, bereft of... Uh, devoid. Of devoid, that's much better, of reviews. In fact, the only ones that are currently there are from myself and Rue, who uh, <laughs> you might know as kind of a part of the show. <laughs> yeah, and of course, the funny part is that who who's left off of that? Who hasn't left a review? This guy. <laughs> well, Mo has no opportunity to win a copy of Light of Blood, but you do. All you have to do is leave a review on iTunes. Uh, we'll keep track of everyone who does that and we'll uh, put them in a hat or a sock or something. I'm going to say I'm going to say this much. If you leave a positive review, you can say whatever the hell you want. If you leave a negative review, make that shit funny. Yeah, make it count too. Be make personal. it count. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take personal digs out on both of us. Just remember that that we've had people do horrible things with our images. And, uh, yeah. and and for and their own personal gain. And we've lived to tell the tale. <laughs> and we've lived to tell the tale. So please head over to iTunes, leave us a review. If you want to join up on the Facebook uh, group, if you haven't done so already, we'll leave that information at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Go over to nobudgetpodcast.com if you need a link to that iTunes page. But just go do it, man, because it helps us. It helps you. You're going to get a copy of this fun-ass movie. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? Right. It's people helping people. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. It's just like uh, Habitat for Humanity. We're exactly like Habitat for Humanity. Uh -huh, We're uh -huh. be people helping people. In fact, uh, I, I haven't told you this before, uh, Mo, but Jimmy Carter is actually spearheading this campaign to get people to uh, to write up reviews for our, our podcast. Oh, good. Is he going to talk fact, about – he better talk fact, about let's peanuts. Let's hear a little from Mr. Carter right now. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's me, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> well, that's a uh, that's oh, bye bye, Mr. Carter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so long, Douglas. <laughs> All right. Now I'm in such a good mood that I'm totally going to be able to withstand you somehow complimenting <laughs> Catholic Ghoul Girls from 2004, directed yep. by Eamon Hardiman. Now, as I mentioned before, I did not have a great experience with Catholic Ghoul Girls the previous time that I watched it. However, I don't want anyone to think that. 
because of that previous experience, I was going into this with the idea that, oh, I'm going to tear this movie a new one. I never think that way. I'm uh, Believe me, I don't get enjoyment out of not being entertained by something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because me and you have sort of the opposite outlook when we go into a movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. you always go into a movie expecting something... Like, you know, go, well, we'll just say with a positive attitude. Yeah. And I go into movies, like, just expecting to, like, have however many hours of torture... Are, are heading my way because you know obviously since we're since we're constantly stopping and taking notes and grabbing sound <laughs> clips and stuff like uh, an hour long movie will take us or me specifically will take like four hours to finish yeah. you know so it's like I always go into it like dreading it because I'm like oh man there's so much work and I'm I'm just like oh this is just gonna kill me and then and then and then today happened and I was like oh you know what this wasn't so bad <laughs> I, I feel like that that the scale that you're ranking it on now it has to do with the amount of pain that it causes you. <laughs> well, a lot of the times it does, you know. I mean, and, and a lot of the times it'll also depend on how much fun I have talking about it afterwards. Because I can go through a lot of pain, like while I'm actually uh, uh, watching the film or, or you know dealing with the movie. But then afterwards, if we have a really fun conversation about it then it was all worth it and i and i i come out of it a, a positive then i'm going to make it my mission to have a terrible conversation about it so you will have the negative feelings that i have towards it uh-huh. <laughs> and we'll all even out in the end yeah um mo we have talked in previous episodes about how uh titles can be a little funny on no budget movies where sometimes they're they're designed to draw you in but they're kind of a bait and switch right now, uh, Catholic school girls isn't really like that. There are Catholic school girls in this movie. One of them sort of gets uh, partly naked. Um, yeah, we get some like through the shower, through the glass door, shower boobs. Yeah, yeah, right. So and, I mean, and there is another scene with some nudity. So I mean, it's so there's not just one nude. There scene. isn't. There is an incomprehensible other scene with nudity as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other thing that this movie has going for it is that it's uh, 55 minutes long. Yeah, it's super short. And, and you know, as, as far as, like, these no-budget films are concerned, the shorter the film, the more likely I am going to enjoy it. Um, hence my love of Holy Moly. <laughs> uh, now, uh, we also have to mention before we get into this that Catholic Ghoul Girls is technically a sequel to Eamon Hardiman's earlier film, Escape from the Dead, which neither of us have seen. Uh, there's actually not a lot of information out there about it. It's kind of hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also t technically, uh, according to the IMDb definition, a short film. So I think it's like 35 minutes long, which mm. is funny because this movie's only 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a full feature. Yeah. Uh, this one's but, going up in the world. So uh, You're going places, kid! So there's the possibility that some of the complaints that we or I have uh, might have been addressed in that earlier film. But I will tell you, that is unlikely. Because <laughs> yeah. the problems I have with this movie have little to do with the plot and more to do with the things that are in that plot. Right. Speaking of plot. Oh, we're going to get into the movie now? We're going to get into the movie now. Because I, I love the fact that this movie starts off with one of our favorite things. <laughs> Long, long time listeners of the show know that me and Doug, Doug and I, uh, have a couple of things that happen in these in these low budget films all the time that we absolutely adore, and I think one of the biggest ones 
is newsroom, you know, news pieces. News broadcasts. News broadcasts. I love the attempt to make... Well, I mean, even a local news broadcast right. is an expensive production, right? Right, right. Trying to recreate that with a desk, two people awkwardly reading copy, and a backdrop that, in this case, is literally just a garbage bag over a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, they're inevitably terrible, though this one is not as bad as some of them are. And, yeah, at least uh, this one's kind of funny. Now, this is going to be our first argument, Mo. I said kind of funny. I hey. Mean. What? (laughs) Prepare yourself for argument because I feel like some of the humor in this opening segment, A, this segment is superfluous. It doesn't have any connection to the rest of the movie at all. None. None at all. Uh, And also, there's a lot of... I'm going to say... Don't use... Yeah, I was going to say, don't use the term racist. I'm not going to say racist. Yeah, yeah. I I don't throw accusations around like Bill Simmons. Commentary. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I see playfully anti-Semitic is what I'll say. I'll you know what I'll I'll take that, turn it on its ear, and say playfully politically incorrect. Oh well, we don't want to be uh, we don't want to kowtow to those social justice warriors. <laughs> uh, and, and, I'm, I'm yeah. of the opinion, Mosev, that uh, politically correct is a term used by ignorant people to uh, to stop the the forward movement of society towards respect for one another sure but it's also fun fair enough and also (laughs) what are are we doing here right we're watching no budget movies. right exactly okay so this is a news broadcast featuring rick richards and deborah cochran rick richards in this case is played by amen hardeman who has a very good announcer voice i have to say yeah yeah i I liked uh, i liked his uh, voice a lot in this uh, so they make some jokes about Jewish people. Uh, that was I, it. Was very weird. It, like I, I, I did find that kind of in poor taste, but at the same time, I thought it was, I don't know, silly, ridiculous. It's kind of that South Park kind of irreverent. Bad right, taste, right, you know? right. Yeah. So the idea is that uh, anti-Semites have discovered that Jews can drink the bloods of newborns and get super strength, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. And like telekinesis. Yes, right? And then in, he says, in a related story, Aryan Brotherhood has discovered the media is run by the Jews. <laughs> but then, then it shows a handgun floating in front of his head. Right. <laughs> Again, this, is, this doesn't have anything to do with what we're going to see at all. No. <laughs> are you okay yeah i'm fine just choking on some clouds over here <laughs> so we do have a, a quick uh, audio clip setting up the movie uh here or, or at least uh they're kind of on uh on the scene reporter no this isn't we don't have an on the scene reporter this is oh, we the, don't have a first clip here. no no this is this is the woman who uh making the call to the on the scene on that's the scene. what i was saying uh, oh okay okay I love uh, you're okay. So let me let me make a comment before we get into that audio clip. Um, if you're listening on headphones and you didn't hear anything right there, put in the other headphone because <laughs> all, almost all of the audio in this film is only through one side. Like one one side one side is almost entirely just 
background noise, you know, and one side is uh, not background noise, but like background backing music, backing tracks. And the other side is all, is all the almost all the dialogue, which is so fucked. Yeah, it's and so terrible. <laughs> and it makes most of the like not most. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go with that. Most of the audio in this movie is horrible. Yeah. And even when you can hear it, it's just barely not being drowned out by the background. noise. Yeah, I had to I had to go into my computer and adjust the balance um, slightly to the left because uh, because all of the background music is on the right and it just drowns out almost everything that everybody's trying to say it's it's that that's my biggest complaint with the movie you mean your biggest complaint is that it's almost unwatchable because the audio is <laughs> terrible throughout the whole thing but you see i adjusted my audio though and because i did maybe maybe i made the the movie a better experience for myself if that's you, you know you, you tweaked the setting yeah i must have tweaked it and made it a better movie that audio clip also has the first pop culture reference of the movie. Now, this is a movie that is very heavy with pop culture. Ridiculously pop culture heavy, yeah. But I would argue that the pop culture in this movie is only meant to kind of draw in nerdy people like ourselves. Right. But it doesn't really – it doesn't characterize the people in any sort of interesting way. No. And, no. So uh, I don't think I've heard the Misfits mentioned on a newscast for a very long time, except <laughs> when Danzig got punched out that time. Right. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I'm – cool with that if it makes the dialogue more interesting which in this case it does help a little bit right it's, it's something i'm i'm interested in right so that news report that they just threw to uh is just it's, it's kind of like a comedic scene where a kind of a person in the town bert fleming is uh he gets in kind of an argument with the reporter uh because he feels like he's talking down to him <laughs> it's uh, it's actually such uh, it's such a great conversation between the two of them because the guy's like are you talking down to me and then he's and then like later on he's like zombies not the right nomenclature yeah. <laughs> it's like okay so clearly this guy's not an idiot but uh i think i think i i i think my favorite moment you know cuz the cuz the other guy the guy who he's interviewing just starts swearing almost immediately you know, and like, and Tony, the guy who's interviewing him, doesn't even for a second try to stop him from swearing. But then, uh, when he when they finally get over the uh, the, the the whole uh, "Are you better than me?" argument, he goes, "Fuck it! Why don't you just tell us about the zombies?" <laughs> and that's the newscaster, that's the reporter saying that. Fuck Simple. it. Simple humor for simple minds. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so the guy says that, yes, zombie's not the correct nomenclature. It's the living dead, please. And then it just jumps into the opening credits. <laughs> it's a great line, too, because he goes, when they call you Slick Tony, come back and we'll talk. You know, <laughs> they call me Slick. I forget what his name was, but they go, they call me Slick whatever. Slick Bert, I think. Yeah, Slick like Bert. I'll uh, come up behind you. I'll be in front of you. I'll be off the side of you. I'll be coming from underneath you. You love this guy. You wish he I, was the main character. I, 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 God, there's nothing I find funnier than like country bumpkin like stereotypes, you know. Now we jump to the opening credits, uh, which is uh, backed by the Zombina and the Skeleton song "Nobody Likes You When You're Dead." Yeah, and that's the first thing I'm going to really mention about this movie outside of the stuff we've already <laughs> talked about. Uh, which is that it has a surprisingly professional musical soundtrack, which and, is made up entirely of real licensed music. Yeah, and like, really, I mean, it's good. It's like that's the best thing about the movie is the music, which is probably another reason why I enjoyed it. I, I mean, music, 
you know, makes anything better for me as long as it's good. I mean, we've definitely encountered enough shitty <laughs> music in, in these movies that, you know, I mean, not everything can be an Oki and Key, but... No, this, it, it certainly can't. No, but this, this, this was great. I, you know, and, and I'd never heard that uh, Zombina and the Skeletone songs, uh, Skeletones song before. So that was, uh, that was nice. And that, that's probably the best song in the movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's, it's the, the music in the movie is all kind of, um, well, punky or punky. Does, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what you, what do you want to call it, like gothabilly or yeah, like. I yeah. Think, yeah, that I think you're you're hitting the right note there. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's really good. The the closing credits just to jump ahead. They don't list the songs; they just list the bands. The bands, yeah. So. <laughs> Which makes me think that the legality of some of this stuff might be a little. Uh, <laughs> but uh, especially when we talk about uh, the Ramon song. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, uh, so the soundtrack's really good. It's so good that they decided to make it really loud so you couldn't hear what the movie was saying. Basically. <laughs> so uh, once, uh, and they're both, and also the opening credits, we see kind of cartoon versions of the main characters in the background. Mm -hmm. Now, we, I say that, that the, the main characters, but that's not really, it's only sort of true. There yeah. are three Catholic ghoul girls at the, <laughs> cool girls, at, <laughs> at the center of the movie. But it's not like they propelled the plot forward any more than kind of the male characters in the movie. They really just have I, the same amount to do. I was going to say, I would almost argue that the male characters do more. Yeah. You know, for the, for the plot line, so to speak. Uh, the quote-unquote plot line. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Catholic schoolgirls... Uh, they're really just sort of there to be in uniforms. Yes, they are eye candy. Yeah, uh, there's, to... there's one character gets more to do than the other two. Right. So we start by looking at these three girls. By the way, uh, they are hanging out in an alleyway next to a convenience store. I'm sure that's how you spent most of your own high school years, Mo. No. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> well, they're they're drinking. How about that? Yeah, I didn't do that either. Hmm. Straight edge Mo from his high school years. Yeah, man, I got w crazy alcohol poisoning when I was sixteen at a uh, at a New Year's Eve party, and and I didn't drink again until I was like twenty two. We learned so much about your life on this show, Mo. It it is always revealing. <laughs> well, that's another thing about me you need to know. So the three girls in this case are drinking beer, and they are. Dubbed. All their audio is dubbed in this scene, and it's horribly done. <laughs> it is really terribly dubbed. Uh, so they are having conversations about boys, and we see Becky is one of them. What are the other two's names? I think it's Casey. It's Casey and Maria. Maria. Okay, so Becky is the one with glasses. She's kind of short pixie-ish. Yeah. Um, who, who are the other two? <laughs> uh, Casey. Casey's the one that has blonde streak in front of her. Yeah, hair. she's got the blonde... Uh, Bangs, whatever you want to call it, highlights. Sure. Yeah. And, and Maria doesn't really it's do much. The nondescript third one. Yes, yeah. she is the other one. Yeah. Uh, so that's that is about as much character development as we get in terms of these people. Each one of them have a sort of a male equivalent in the male gang, in the sense that they're interested in them. Though, because of of them not being identified well I'm, I'm talking about the men now i didn't realize that until near the end of the movie <laughs> you know it's funny i actually almost wanted to I, and i wish i had thought about this before we started recording but i, I actually kind of wanted to um not mention 
to, to, to say we should not mention any character's names until those that character's name is mentioned in the film. Because there's <laughs> one there's one or two characters of in the guise who like you don't hear their names until it's like ten minutes before the movie's about to end. Literally seconds before their own death. Yeah. So yeah. Get introduced to them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So we learn in this conversation that Becky, the, uh, the the one with the glasses, she likes Frog, who we don't know who that is at this point. And uh, we won't for a while. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see him, but we'll have no idea who the fuck he is. Yeah. So they kind of uh, – they kind of – Casey and her have sort of a confrontation where Casey is really just trying to get her to stand up for herself. And then they're doing like – they're trying to do whipped cream shots. <laughs> yeah. But then they just sort of give up on that and leave. Basically. Okay, yeah. so that's those three characters introduced. Well, I think it's essentially it's like uh, Casey says to Becky, it's a, you know, it's like get angry, call me a whore, you know, and uh, and Becky goes whore, and they go good, let's go. <laughs> it's a it's it's a lot of dialogue that sounds like it was written by a dude. Um, then speaking of dudes, dudes, then we go to the woods, the favorite location, <laughs> low budget <laughs> movies everywhere. It's sort of uh, four guys. A gang members, I guess. They don't look like any gang I've ever seen. Uh, I think they de- well, they describe themselves as greasers. Yeah, as greasers. Which is hilarious because they don't look like that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't at all. Um, and they're kind of just sitting down, uh, shooting the shit, and talking about Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe. Yeah, you know it's funny. The the you know you know how we said how we described Maria as the nondescript. You know, girl of the the girl group. Uh-huh. So the problem is, is that with the guys, three of them are nondescript, so it's a That's lot. True. It's a lot tougher to to try to remember which one's which. But yeah, they're talking about GI Joe, and we've got a little audio clip for you here. Yeah, I think this is the first one I actually enhanced, so you might actually be able to hear this one. Enhance. Enhance. Hey, do you remember that shit from GI Joe? That Storm Shadows tattoo. What the hell are you guys talking about? It's a tattoo, man. It was on his arm. It's on the action figure. I know what you're talking about. The red bars. Broken, unbroken, broken. Down his forearm. Yeah, it was like this ninja thing. All the ninjas in the G.I. Joe universe yeah. had one. Yeah. Universe, man, like they're in space? <laughs> universe, man, like they're in space? I mean, this is the kind of shit that greasers talk about all the time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Now, to help determine who these characters are, we'll say right now that there's one that has glasses and a trucker hat, and that's Frog. That's Frog. Then there's a leader guy. Yeah, he's like the tallest one. Then there's a guy who is going to die fairly soon, so it doesn't matter. Right. And then there's the other guy. Right. And they like they get named. I, I think almost all of them get named, but it's not going to matter. So the, the ones that we told you about, trucker hat, leader, other guy, that's all you got to care about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So th- they have a conversation that would have appealed to me as a 15-year-old where uh, – like, because I, I grew up uh, – it, it's kind of interesting this movie came out in 2005 and features what are, you know, probably 20-something, maybe early 20s, late – yeah, probably early 20s, I would say. Yeah. So the very much our generation of people, right? And, and I've had these sort of conversations where you talk about really forgotten pop cultural things, though I guess – G.I. Joe and Storm Shadow is, is kind of more in the in the mainstream now. And so to that sense, I can relate to this dialogue. But it, for one thing, the acting is fucking horrible. Right, right. And also, it just doesn't matter. It's just filling up space, right? 
Yeah, it's you know it's a lot of the pop. I mean that a lot of the pop culture references in this um, take the Jimmy Fallon approach of uh, oh hey do you remember that thing that we used to do? Yeah, that was cool. You know. Hey Lois, yeah. remember when? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's all Family Guy references, basically. <laughs> well, I, one of the characters a little later on says, "Hey, sh- you know, should we have a pop a, a conversation about pop culture and you then get attacked by zombies?" Which is which is very much a winking reference to the fact that that's what happens. Right. A couple of times in this movie. Right. I mean, at least, but at least it's funny though. I mean, like I like the uh, you know this. I I, I kind of get a kick at it, like the self-referential sort of humor that a lot of these no-budget films have. But uh, it's like something that'll happen in some sort of bad movie, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so in this sequence, the zombies will now attack, and it's very strange because the lighting changes from edit to edit, and uh, just like in some of our earlier films, if we go way back. Uh, when the film edits, when like there's an edit point, the audio is noticeably changed every time they change angle. Right, but this one is even this one's even better though because there'll be like a full second of silence, and then it'll change. You know, because like because uh, because same thing with like the the visual edits too is there'll be like a full second of like black. You know, between the edits, <laughs> and it's like this is some of the least smooth editing I've probably ever seen ever. I mean, we have to focus on that a little bit more, Mo. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> they will change angles, and there will be a minute of black video with no sound at all. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, not a minute, a, a second. Uh, or, like, yeah. a, like a full second, like, like a noticeable gap where there's nothing on the screen. Right. And it'll happen like a dozen times. It happens way too many times. Way too many times. <laughs> Like, you think you would just sit down and watch it when you're finished editing it and be like, oh, we should really tighten some of this shit up. <laughs> nope. Uh, I So the zombies attack. And um, and there's a lot of people punching people unconvincingly. Right. Uh, and someone pulls a knife. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's... Well, we have we have a couple of seconds of audio of of when I, the zombie. I, I asked you to grab this audio. Yeah, yeah, of when the zombies appear. All right, here we go. Just ridiculous. I mean, that's. Burr, burr. <laughs> it reminded me of the suburban Sasquatch noise. Just right, of- right. Yeah. So. Uh- there's like five zombies at first, and they're blue, and I mean they're made up all right, you know. Yeah, they, the, the, the zombie makeup is good enough. I mean, I'm not, I, I have no complaints with the zombie makeup. They do initially. Our gang members initially mistake them for another gang. Yeah. <laughs> their skin is blue, and they're walking with their arms out. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we didn't kill your boss or anything. Uh, I will say that the one thing I liked was the guy beating up the zombie with a Thundercat shirt because he was too young to have been alive when the show was on. Yeah, he says, anybody else want to turn my childhood into a trendy fucking logo? Which, uh, that sounds like Mo porn dialogue. That does sound like, that sounds like something I would say, yeah. Michael <laughs> Michael Bay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, uh, and one guy also mistakes them for vampires instead of uh, zombies and tries to put a stake through their heart uh, <laughs> with little success. Oh, Jesus Christ. This scene doesn't really end as much as it just kind of goes away. Yeah. It, it's part of the end where the, the guy says, that, these are zombies, man. The only way to kill them is, and then the other guy goes, the leader guy says, to destroy the fucking brain, and he grabs a baseball bat, and then that's just it. We never really discover how they get out of this situation. Well, we just assume they destroy the brains. 
I guess. It doesn't seem like it would be that uh, difficult, though the zombies in this movie tend to be a little more active than uh, what you might see in your traditional Romero movie. If there was, like, three of them, they could probably take a person down fairly easily. Yeah. So back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> that was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. as you say, why aren't we covering that one? <laughs> so Casey and Maria and the other one are smoking in, uh, in the, the bathroom of the school. Smoking in the girls' room. Very good. Yep. <laughs> we learned that uh, <laughs> that Casey's boyfriend is Jake. Now, Jake, he's the leader of the Greasers. Okay? That's yes. Important. I'm going to write it down here. Jake. <laughs> so Jake is going to pick her up a little bit later. Becky doesn't uh, care for him, Becky being the girl with the glasses. Um, again, this scene has all those same editing problems. Every time they change the angle, the audio sometimes goes silent for a second. Yep. And uh, we get introduced to two young nuns from the school who smelled smoke. <laughs> yeah, the, and this is their response to why. Uh, it's like, what, what's that smoke smell? And this is their response. Becky was burned up raw in protest of abortion. Is this true, Becky? Sort of. I mean, yes. And the best part is, is that... She says, yes, she was burning her bra in protest of abortion. And then the nun was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and here, actually, that clip has some great, uh, some great examples of uh, the, the, the audio issues this movie has. Because if you notice, if you're listening with both ears, you'll notice that it started all on the left. And then finished in both ears. <laughs> We've all been there before. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know about you finishing in both ears. <laughs> so uh, this scene uh, ends with one of the nuns revealing herself to be a lesbian and asking um, Casey to come to her office later and have a little pie. Have some pie. Uh, she's uh, I think it's a euphemism for vagina. Um, but it, the, it, the comical thing is that Becky doesn't realize that it is a joke. Uh, and she thinks that she's talking about a real pie. Yeah. Well, he does, she doesn't offer it to Casey. She offers it to Maria. Maria, whatever. She, she goes, Maria, you look special pretty today. Why don't you come back to my office and have some pie? Yeah. So this is gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, but, you know, uh, that that audio clip also gave us a, an example of the acting styles of these three female leads. Can I can I also state for the record that Casey, who is by and far the most lead of the three female leads, has not been named yet. No, that is true. Yeah. I think she might have been named in the scene, I have to say, because I wouldn't have written it down in the notes unless someone had said it at this point. Oh, uh, did you? Cuz cuz I got Maria and Becky in this scene, but I don't recall I I, I don't recall having heard Casey's name. Yeah, you could be right though. But, well, I could have grabbed it from the IMDb page. And That's also, true. The audio is so shitty, it's hard to tell. What <laughs> uh, outside the school, Jake arrives in his uh, kick-ass automobile to pick up Casey. Right. Casey gets in. Uh, there's beer in the cooler in the back, and uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, you're, you're wrong. There's not beer in the back in the in the cooler in the back. There is the champagne of beers in the back. She pulls out a Miller High Life. Well, apparently, after the age of twenty-two, you really became a specialist in the drinking thing. I did. You know, you know, you know, you know what the be the best part about this scene is is how loud the car engine sound is in this scene. It's 
painful. And like I had to like I I had to turn the volume down. It was so fucking loud. So you're trying to tell us it was a little bit loud. Oh my god. I was it's painfully loud. Casey decides to uh, leave school and leave the nuns with the uh, uh, well. She gets a little, gives a little attitude to them. Hey sister, up your ass! There you go. Hey sister, up your ass. I mean, I guess that's that's a pretty rebellious thing to say. She could have said like "fuck you." Right. Exactly. No. No. But this is but this is more like '50s style rebellion, where it's like you know I'm gonna hang out in your you know, in the front of your store and you I mean, can't do anything about it. That's kind of an important thing to note at this point, which is that it is trying to capture something of a fifties style, even for the idea of them being greasers right. and these Catholic schoolgirls. even though of course all the pop culture references are more modern. They're all eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And someone will say fuck later. I'm pretty sure. Oh, actually there's one dude who speaks almost exclusively in fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Jake is actually a little bit pissed about her acting that way, which it seems like an odd reaction to her being kind of uh, dickish because he wants to leave town, like now. Right, right. Because of the zombies. Remember those? Oh, yeah, right, zombies. Now, the town doesn't seem to be emptying out. It doesn't seem like there's this mad rush or, or, or people are freaked out. It's just kind of him, I guess. He just wants to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great, though, because he tells the story of what had happened the previous night. Yes. You know, and... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. And so the, so uh, they I guess they encounter a zombie just sort of in front of their the local Kroger foods. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh and they beat the dude to death with a tire iron. But they don't beat him because he's a zombie. No, they beat him because he looks not American. Which yeah. is insane. Which is insane. <laughs> and I'll be honest, the guy doesn't look like a zombie. No. So yeah, so he approaches them. Yeah. So they he beats him to death. Uh, I'd be safe to say that Jake is the one who beats him to death, really. Yeah, Jake is Jake is the one who beats him to death with a tire iron. So here's a little iron in your diet. All the other gang members are like, "Yeah, beat on him, beat on him." As soon as the guy is dead, Frog, the guy in the trucker hat, yeah, he changes his tune. Man, what the fuck did you do, man? Shit, what the fuck we do, man? God damn, I'm fucking with my dad and shit. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm getting out of here before the cops show up. <laughs> I, like how, I like how Jake's reaction is just like, fuck it, I'm getting out of here before the cops show up, you know? They just murdered someone because they weren't American. Right. <laughs> Main characters that were supposed to have some sort of sympathy for <laughs> So, yeah, so that's Frog. We just heard a little bit of his audio there. That's basically what his character is. He'll just swear a lot. See, but uh, you, ha- you have to understand, though, here down here in America, you know, uh, we do have sympathy for characters like that because we are a nation of xenophobes. Yes, you know. I, yeah, believe me, I I know that you guys are like that. And it <laughs> it really does hurt me deep down, but I try to forget it. Yeah, but you're white, so I mean, you could you could pass off as as American down here. Nobody would bother you. Yeah, but I can't say sorry. Oh, I can't. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was a flashback right. to to explain nothing because yeah. it doesn't explain about the zombies at all. And also, he could have just talked about that other incident we saw them when they were fighting zombies. Right, right, right. Instead, he's like, nope, I killed the Mexican, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah. 
So she says that she she before she leaves town, she, she, at first she doesn't want to leave, but then she says before she leaves, she's got to say goodbye to the other girls. I mean, we find out later that it would make a lot more sense for everyone just to kind of go together, but she at least wants to say goodbye, so he says he'll pick her up uh, before dark at the diner. Which doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't he pick her up at home? I have no idea. Why would he want her to leave, right? It doesn't right, make any sense. right. Not only that, but, but I've a- I asked you to get an audio clip. They cut to an angle in the car, and the first thing you hear is somebody sneezing, and you cannot mistake that for anything else. Yeah. Let's hear it. Where? At the diner. All right. Thanks, sweetie. See you later. Cut. Take two. I mean, come on. <laughs> sneezing. You think that as soon as you started recording and he sneezed, you'd be like, "Okay, let's just hold on." Let's just let's just take let's just hold up a second and then we'll finish the line. Nope, let's use that one. Print. <laughs> so he drops her off at home and she starts packing her most necessary items, which starts with uh, an old NES. An NES. Which I mean, okay. Sure. Uh, and this is where a cover of the Ramones "I Want to Be Your Boyfriend" is playing in the background. Is it a cover, though? Now, this is a point of contention between Mo and myself because I would think it has to be a cover. I would think it has to be, too, but I've heard that song so many fucking times that, if let's put it this way, if that's a cover, it's the best cover and most uh, album-accurate cover of a Ramon song I've ever heard. I mean, it's a band, I think, doing a Ramones impression, basically. Then it's but doing the best Ramones impression I've ever heard. There's, I just don't think there's any way they thought that they could just put a Ramones song yeah. in their movie. Well, here's and- what here's what I'm gonna do. Here's here's what I'll do as a special project for myself. Mm. I am going to grab the audio from that scene and my copy of the Ramones actual song, and I will uh, put them ba- uh, side by side. You know, like like back to back or not back to back, but like, you know, running in tandem. And I, and I guarantee you, I guarantee to you that it's the same fucking song, that it's the same thing. I'm interested to see this. Yeah, I am. Uh, This is also the scene where we get to see some partial nudity through a shower door. Right. Uh, She is wearing what appears to be uh, some sort of underwear in the shower, but whatever it takes. Um, as I read in a review, I think somewhere it's like you could just like zoom in a little bit, and then the magic of movies would make her look naked. Right. But you know, whatever. Um, and then her brother comes in, not while she's showering. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a different kind of movie altogether. It would be a very different movie. In a movie full of terrible performances, I would say that her brother takes the cake by far. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. He is horrible and also he has a very strange delivery. Uh so she I also she, he doesn't seem too worried about the fact that A that she's leaving town and B that there may be zombies. Um but let's hear let's hear what he has to say about her boyfriend and whatnot. Jake and I are leaving town, okay? There's some bad shit going on and we're hightailing it. Who's Jake? My boyfriend. Whoa, the fucking delinquent. Yes, the delinquent. Look, do you want to come with us or not? Fuck that shit. I'm on the grass with Tawny this week. Yeah. Yeah, he's not very good. And this is a very 
very strange scene because he talks about and, and I know we didn't get it in that audio clip, but he says that he's not going to go with her or he's not going to leave town because he's got like some sort of date later. Actually, it, it is in that audio clip. Oh, I, yeah, I, I added a few seconds after. OK, yeah. so so I, I I don't remember all the details, but he says that, he you know, he's got a date so and he could get laid. So he's got a date with a widow. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> because this is a movie, instead of just leaving that letting that be we're going to follow now a character who will matter not at all for the rest of the entire movie to his immediate date that happens right now <laughs> this very second he basically leaves the room and now he's on his date right exactly it's yeah it's very weird um but again more decent music playing uh yeah. and and here's and here's one of the things you kind of learn about the you know as the film goes on once a pretty good song starts playing someone's going to die it's it's used as background music for zombie attacks. Yeah, exactly. So, but but this is another scene where you know after the through the shower door uh, breast scene, this scene we actually get to see some actual breasts. Uh, not that the other ones weren't actual, but you know what I mean. Like this, n- nothing, no. Uh... There's nothing between you and the breast. Right, right. This is straight on breast action. Just straight on breastical action. Yeah. So. The woman that he's seeing, the widow, I guess, yeah. she sits on a counter and undoes her shirt and shows her breasts. And then the most um, unexpected, bizarre, uh, odd thing happens. Mm. In this movie, what could it possibly be? Oh, she gets attacked by a zombie. So she gets attacked by a zombie. Now, remember that the brother is there watching this the entire time. He does nothing. Nothing. He just sits there and screams the whole time. He just sits there and screams, and she he, she gets bitten on the neck, so she's done for. And then he reaches out, just like reaches out with one arm, and the zombie bites his finger. <sighs> this is a movie that you have defined as being fucking great. I didn't say it was great. I said I well, enjoyed I said <laughs> this movie's great. fucking great. No, no, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still at the point where I enjoyed the film. You know, I, I enjoyed the movie. Well, let's continue then. Yes. In this next sequence, we see <laughs> Frog. Remember, with his trucker hat and glasses. Right. And there is a woman, unnamed, unlabeled woman, shooting a gun in the dark. Yep. And uh, he gets out of a car and grabs a gas can, sets a barrel on fire in a way that looks extremely dangerous. Yeah, like he comes dangerously close to setting himself on fire in the process. I mean, you can. this was a real just that actor setting something on fire. Right. It's very dangerous looking. Uh, and then that girl with the gun, she gets overwhelmed by zombies. Right. But here's the thing. He sets this barrel on fire and then, like, rolls it down a hill or something. Yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't do anything. Like, what was the point of him doing that? Uh, Well, this gun girl, the gunshots, by the way, are the worst that I've seen since Rock, Paper, Scissors, the fall of the original. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, like, talk about an unnecessary sequence of events. Right. So, uh, yeah, so he, like, screams up at the sky for some reason, and then he runs off. And he gets in like a four by four and hot wires it. Well, didn't but didn't he show up in that in that G, uh, the no? Van? I think that he what happens is that he tries to get back in his own vehicle. It's like a van or something, right? Uh, but he's out of gas, so he has to go in. That's that's why he has a hot wire. Yeah, and, and he and he has that real classy line where he says, "Damn these towel heads and their gas prices." I mean. <sighs> I'm not sympathetic to the characters in this movie. No, no, there's nothing sympathetic about any of the characters in this movie. 
I think it's time for another conversation about popular culture, and this time it's between Maria and Becky. Right. They're sitting in a house <laughs> on a couch, <laughs> uh, and they're talking about the Dark Tower books by Stephen King. Yep. And then they talk about the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Says, she says the Lord of the Rings is about some gay midgets. Right. Uh, and then Maria makes a uh, humorous pass at Becky, who then almost gives in to her lesbian wiles, uh, but uh, Maria was um, Maria was just joking, so it was just a big right. Group. And then for and then for some reason they start singing the Littles theme. Yeah, they sing the theme to the Littles. Now, for those listening who don't know what the Littles was, it was a cartoon back in the mid '80s about uh, little people. They had like tails, I think, too. Didn't yeah, they? it's ba- well, it's based on the Borrowers. Yeah, right. That's yeah. right. So uh, yeah, so they sing the theme song. Because hey, hey Lois, <laughs> remember the little? Uh... <laughs> yeah, to me, that's the most. I mean, in a film that's it's that's filled with um, bizarre references and bizarre like goings on, them just randomly singing the theme song to the Littles, probably, probably the the the, the weirdest thing to just up and do. So there are now zombies outside this house. They don't Wait, know but your that. favorite moment just happened. Yes, I know, I know. Okay. But before it goes to my favorite moment, they actually do a quick shot of people outside the house. Right. And it is edited so awkwardly. Yeah. And like you, you get that, you get those still black frames in between, and it, it's like at first it just looks like there are people standing outside, like not zombies, just people. People. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then it goes back inside, and they're talking about uh, the early '80s cartoon Turbo Teen, uh, <laughs> and, and then they never mention it by name, which makes yeah. which leads me to believe that the guy, you know, uh, that that the writer probably didn't know the name of the show either, but just remembered, met, just basically remembered the show. Uh, I mean, it's it's if they just. <laughs> Turbo Teen. Yeah, Turbo Teen, for those of you who don't know, once again, I mean, we're <sighs> just full of interesting facts. It was about a teenager, teen, as in the title, uh, who had the ability to turn into a car. It was like the opposite of Transformers, so to speak, yes. where it's like Transformers were robots that sort of turned into humanoid-type robots. This was about a kid who turned into a car. By the way, being able to turn into a car... Only slightly more convenient than just getting into a car. <laughs> <laughs> it took longer, too. Yeah, right. Uh, so then the two girls, uh, Maria and uh, Becky, they uh, look outside or they hear something outside and they see a bunch of zombies. And they're like, hey, zombies. Right. So then we go back to Casey. Because <laughs> something interesting might be happening there. So let's go somewhere else. Um so, by the way, Casey's brother, who died, uh, I guess he died after his finger bite. You can only assume. I guess, I guess all that, like, when it cuts to that, it seemed like it was all taking place in the same house, but I guess he, like, left. Yeah, he must have left. <laughs> so this is now Casey. She's finished her packing. She's uh, she's going to leave her house. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's goes, dark. It's dark, yeah. by the way. So, so, her, so Jake saying he's going to pick her up at the diner before dark. Was a lie. I wonder what he's been doing for all these hours, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> so she um, she goes outside, and I guess she has some sort of crisis of conscience because I guess <laughs> the major problem is that she told Jake that she needed to say goodbye to her friends, but has made no effort to do that <laughs> in the amount of time that she's had. Right. So then she goes back inside and calls Maria on the phone and doesn't get any answer. Right. It's just, um, you know, that... that... 
Definitely. Out, out of service. Yeah, the out, yeah, that's what I meant to say. That's what I was trying to think of. The the outer service tone. Well, I thought of it for you. Thank so, you. So, uh, feeling, I guess, a little frustrated, she then just leaves. So, this, I guess she's going to leave and this, go to that. This is the one moment in the film where there's where there's that moment of blackness, yes. and yeah. it's and it's on purpose. I guess it is. <laughs> well, it is. It's on yeah, purpose I, because I, you know it's yeah. Because you know transitions. Right. Um. So now Jake, who I guess has just been driving around for a few hours, he arrives home. Um, and the, remember when I said earlier that one of the friends is going to be turned into a zombie, he's already been bitten at this point. He's yeah. Lost. Yep. 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 So all the guys are there. We got, uh, we got frog, we got Jake, we got the other guy and we got the guy turning into a zombie. Yeah. He actually got bit at that initial fight. Right. Where they right. thought it was a rival gang. <laughs> so, um, he, Jake tells his gang, his greaser gang, that he's going to be skipping town because there are zombies everywhere, which, by the way, seems like a pretty reasonable response. And I have to remind you that Frog has a vehicle because we just saw him hotwire it. Right. And he should probably be thinking of doing the same thing. However, Frog's response to hearing that Jake is going to be skipping town, not so positive. This place is fucked, dude. What the fuck, man? You leave us here and kill like dead motherfuckers, man. That fucking eat our balls and shit. Well... I guess you should leave too. Yeah, you fucking guess. Bitch. Hey, man, come Bitch. on. Bitch. Motherfucking You know what Frog sounds like? Frog like, sounds like a foul-mouthed boomhauer from fucking, like, King of the Hill. A little, I mean, to me, he comes off as someone who, like, in private company, like, a party or something, he comes off as, like, the funniest guy in the room. But in this, it's just, like, randomness. Right, like, right. Even his character, like, that reaction doesn't make any sense to what he's being told. Right. Of course he's going to leave town. There are zombies. Yeah. Uh, I should, should also mention that the actor in this case, I don't believe his IMDb credited name is his actual name. His, he's down as Johnny Pubis. Oh, no. I bet you that's his real name. I don't think it is. Johnny Pubis. <laughs> I do like how he says, dead fuckers like, eat our balls and shit. <laughs> you and know, how, he's, oh, he's dead fuckers going to eat our balls and shit. And how he calls him a bitch, and then he goes, bitch. You know, <laughs> so Scott is the dying friend. This is the only time he gets uh, identified, and he is just about to die. Yep. Yeah, he uh, like, he like coughs up a whole lot of blood and then spits out like hunks of meat and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty gross. And, and that is the key to him turning into a zombie, and uh, he turns into a zombie. And the friends have to argue about who's going to kill him in right. classic zombie movie fashion. Uh, I do like one of them says that his mom will fucking kill me, which is pretty amusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but they all run off instead of killing him. Yeah, it, I like the fact that, like, yeah, so, like, uh, the mu music, you know, we get music happening. And so Scott kind of comes after them. And then they all sort of, like, uh, run off to their car in a very Keystone Cops sort of manner, you know. One guy climbs in to the shotgun position, and then Frog pulls him out of the window and takes the shotgun position. Right, right. Just to remind you that this is a comedic film. It is. Uh, Jake decides that it's now time to go get Casey, and they seem very upset at about that, even though they were not even supposed to come with him in the first place. Well, you know, once they're there, now they're the most important people in his life, so why they don't want to be upstaged by some girl. Some girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jake uh, then lights a cigarette and then runs over a zombie with his car. Right. Um, and, and, then, and then they make a, make an incredibly insensitive Greg Louganis AIDS joke. 
yes, they do make <laughs> that joke. <laughs> and then Frog says, because uh, now his running joke from now on is that he's very, very hungry. And he wants a sandwich. He wants a sandwich. And he says here, I'm so hungry, I could probably, probably eat, eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we go back to Casey. Now, Casey, as you might recall, uh, we questioned why he wouldn't just pick her up at her house. Uh, it seems like it would be a lot safer. And this is why. Now she's just in an alley somewhere for some reason. Right. And there are zombies here. And she mistakes the zombies for homeless people. You know, the best thing about this is that, what is, yeah, she does. She mistakes them for homeless people, but then she realizes what they are. And then all of a sudden, out comes the katana blade. So she has packed with her a sword, yep. a katana sword. Uh, and this will be her weapon of choice for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Look, you know what? Zombie apocalypse, a sword is a very sensible weapon to it have. absolutely is. Her having this without it being set up in any way is not as sensible. Her being unable to wield it at all. <laughs> and them being unable to make it look like people are getting cut by swords right. is also a bit of a problem for the rest of the movie. Oh, you think so? I don't yeah. I don't think so. Well, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she takes out a sword and it's like, wow, this chick is super badass, but it's also Wow, that doesn't make any sense at all. It really doesn't. <laughs> so now we see two rednecks. Do you remember the rednecks, Mo? Yeah. The redneck, one of the rednecks in this case, they're just sitting on a couch, and someone rings the doorbell. We haven't been introduced to these characters at all. And we're and, not going to be. Yeah, and they just yell at each other, and one of them says, get your daughter to get the door. So the, the suggestion here is that Casey is his daughter. Right. So this is Casey's house once again. Uh, and uh, they're, I, I don't know who these guys are. Like, I guess they're supposed to be friends, even though one guy just yells at the other one. And when they answer the door, it's uh, Jake and Frog and the other guy. Right. And he says, we're trying to fucking escape from the dead, sir. <laughs> so I, I Yeah, I was going to say, there's nothing really more to say. It's just, it's yes, that's ha that happened. Well, there is something else to say. One, that he invites them in to watch a movie. Uh, the movie title he gives is You Still Don't Know What I Did Last Fall. Right. As a clever uh, joke on some of the uh, mid to late 90s uh, horror movies that were being cranked up by Hollywood. And then he, then he gives a particularly dis distasteful quote. Tell you, I was thinking about drinking a bunch of beer and whooping my belt out and beating on my wife a little bit. No, nah, it's okay. Uh, we're kind of in a hurry. <laughs> Wow. And Frog, by the way, the whole th time she, he's talking about how much he wants a sandwich. Yeah, he's like, oh, I want, I want a sandwich. My Sammy. This, that's going to climax that particular plot point of him wanting a sandwich in the worst moment of the entire movie. So keep your ears and eyes peeled. Right. So, um... Oh, it doesn't... And the, 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 like, the father says something like, oh, these fucking kids and their zombies and sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so they leave now her house. By the way, why did they stop at her house? Yeah, right, because he said he was going to pick her up at the diner. Yes. And, and, and you know what the best part is? Is that is that she didn't even go to the diner, you know, uh, she, and, the, and the dad, for some reason, knew that she didn't go to the diner. You know, why did Jake have to ask the father where the daughter went when he knew she was supposed to be going to the diner? He goes to her house. The father tells her she's, she went to the bar. So he goes to the bar. Yeah, okay. 
But she was supposed to be at the diner. Christ. I fucking love this movie, says I, Mo Porn. I love this no movie. No Bunch of Nightmares. Love it. <laughs> so uh, then that's when they have that conversation, by the way, in front of her house. About they, they can quote me on the DVD sleeve. <laughs> they, they talk about, should we uh, have a conversation about more pop culture stuff and get attacked by zombies? And Jake says, hey, maybe we should go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. The audio in this sequence is fucking terrible. And also... You can hear people talking. I was ju- I was just gonna mention that. Yeah, so we got we got, we got, like we got a scene of uh, Frog flipping out about Casey, but I who knows what the hell he's saying because you can't yeah. fucking hear anything. But they cut to this like closer shot, and you can hear this woman talking like next to the camera, and it's like, why are you talking while they're filming? You know, you know that saying, quiet on the set? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I can tell you for a fact there are several scenes in this movie where that never got called before they started filming. The last few scenes of this movie where it's supposed to be like nobody there. Right. There'll be like quiet scenes where you can hear people talking. Right, right. <laughs> so back to Casey, who uh, run- this is a very strange sequence as well, where she like runs into a girl who it doesn't identify that this woman is a zombie. And then she pushes her down right. and, and stabs her through the stomach yep. in a not particularly convincing way. Uh, and then we see some zombies coming down uh, some steps, and then she slashes them horribly <laughs> while, again, good music is playing. Did you, did you pay attention at all to the, uh, uh, to, the, to the lyrics of the song that's playing in this scene? Gosh, I wish I did. Oh my god, it's it's ridiculous. It's something it's something like take your fist and stick it right in me and then like and then like you start singing like fuck me, fuck me, fuck me again and again and again. Like it's just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> that song sounds much more entertaining than the movie. Yeah, well the the, like, so, the song was definitely a huge part of the entertainment factor for that scene. So Casey manages to make it to the bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's surprised to find it's still open. Uh, the bartender says people need to drink, maybe more than ever now, because I guess he recognizes that the zombie apocalypse is going on, which would suggest that this is a wider spread thing that maybe we've been led to believe. Up to right, this. right. Uh, so uh, she orders a screwdriver, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, the drink or the tool, because <laughs> you never can't tell. Well, the thing is, he goes, yeah, the bartender talks about it, like, oh, some, somebody asked for like twelve gauge shells, and if I and I didn't have those, so he asked for a railroad spike. So it's like you didn't have twelve gauge shotgun shells, but you had a railroad spike. <laughs> well, apparently he has an actual screwdriver. Yeah. So I guess that does make sense. Yeah. And then <laughs> so, he, he asks her for ID, and she's like, "Oh, I don't have it." He's like, "Oh, well, I guess I'll just drink this one myself," you know. And uh, and she pulls out her sword, and he goes, "That'll do." <laughs> Um, and then the guys show up. Right. Uh, and he, again, he asks uh, Jake for ID, and he tosses one down. And I'll tell you, Jake, not the nicest guy, because this is what he says. Better show me some ID. Hey, bring you some fucking I should mention that I worked on this particular audio clip a long time <laughs> to try to to try to get it uh, audible. And uh, I failed, by the way. This scene is... I mean, in fact, I don't know how you even caught that audio clip (laughs) because it's just, like, almost imperceptible to human ears. It's just... It's insane. Well, for those of you who weren't able to hear it very well, he says, There, now bring us some fucking drinks. Right. 
What an asshole. And Frog is still talking about sandwiches. So Frog, okay, so now they're sitting down at a table together. They, they meet up with Casey, by the way. They've all, there's a reunion at this point. They all sit down. They explain that Scott was turned into a zombie and didn't make it. Uh, and Frog won't shut up about fucking stuff. <laughs> He's just like, a couple pieces of bread and some cheese will do, maybe some potted meat. The idea, uh, Jake's idea, is that they're going to go to the beach, so if things get hectic, they can just go offshore, which is actually a pretty all right idea, I guess. Unless you've is... unless you've ever seen uh, Land of the Dead or <laughs> any Italian zombie film. Well, indeed. Um, so, because Frog won't shut up, the barkeep says the kitchen is open if he just wants to go in there and make whatever he wants. Right. Okay. This immediately leads into the worst thing that happens in the entire movie. The screen just goes black. It really does. It goes, like, there's, like, black, and it's for, like, a couple of seconds. Yep. And then, suddenly, Frog is outside being attacked by zombies. Just, yeah. Like, there's an entire scene missing entirely. Yeah. Like, it, it, it suddenly, like, the... It doesn't, like, there's been no continuity. Like, we don't see Frog, like, get up out of his chair and start to walk towards the kitchen and get distracted and go outside. He just suddenly is outside being eaten by zombies. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's like they just forgot this incredibly important scene. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it seems like. It seems like there's just an entire scene just missing. So the bartender runs off, as he is wont to do. Uh, you know that other guy in the gang, the one that we don't have a name for yet? Yeah. He's really... Suddenly now this is his character is very upset about Casey taking precedence over the gang. Right. He's like they don't we don't even do gang shit anymore. <laughs> I I'm hes- I'm hesitant to mention that now with Frog being eaten, there is literally two people in their gang. Yeah, I was going to say their gang is <laughs> is now just a partnership. <laughs> so, uh um, It's great though. Yeah, like he's completely At this point by the way, we don't know what his name is. Yeah. So, uh, so my comments, my my notes say the other douche is complaining about Casey and how he's gonna leave, but when confronted, he backs down. Yes, he backs down. Uh, so they, so now they decide that they're gonna leave and go to Maria's house because it's just up the street. Right. If it's so close, you think that she could have stopped there at some point. Right. Anyway, so uh, there's another guy in the bar who has not been identified at this point at all. And I don't believe is identified at all. What is up with this guy, Mo? I don't know. He's just some doucher in a bar. So he he talks he talks to them as they leave, talking about how he has a little bit of experience with zombies or something. And all they do is make gay jokes at him. Well, I don't get why does he like like how are we supposed to know that he has experience with zombies? I I think I mean it's possible that maybe he is from Escape from the Dead. Maybe he's the link. To oh, the oh, okay. I don't know if that's the case. I don't. There's I, nothing identifying that. Yeah. Uh, and if if he is a character from that film, he gets awfully disrespected in this one. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is this is what they say to him. By the way, queer bars down the street. And not gay. Of course not, buddy. Of course not. I'm not fucking gay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's depressing. Um, and then, <laughs> so they go outside to discover that the bartender has stolen their car. And even in the context of this movie with terrible audio, this might be some of the worst in the entire movie. Well, before I play the audio clip, let's. I want to explain real quick for our audience why this audio clip is so terrible. Because, okay. because uh, so what happens is, here, here are all of the audio things you're going to be hearing. Okay, there's the background music that the filmmaker put in. Mm-hmm. There's the dialogue. 
Then there's the background music coming from the bar that for some reason they decided to actually shoot this in front of. Even though you don't see it. Even though you don't see it. They could have shot this anywhere. But they shot it in front of some bar that had live music or really loud music playing from it. They were recording audio for their movie with music playing in the background. Yeah, knowing full well that they'd be putting their own music in the background. (laughs) So I don't know why they didn't think to like, oh, I don't know, just clear out the audio on that, overdub the vocals, and then do... That's just too much thinking. Uh But it's a real jumbled mess... And it's pretty clear that uh, that they tried to uh, mute all of the uh, all of the sound in between dialogue. That's right. So yeah. it goes up and down as it goes. It's through. oh my god! It's bonkers here. So I'm gonna we're gonna play this for you. Uh, I might play it twice just so you can get that extra you know listen in. It's <laughs> lucky you. Yeah, it's pretty pretty rough. Here, check this out. So I love in the background here that do do you know. But meanwhile, there's like this hard rock you know, playing in the front. I'm gonna play this again. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Oh, this is so bonkers. That uh, that might be some of the worst, like, like <laughs> audio. And I mean, really just up there. I mean, probably like top two or top three worst audio moments we've had in in a film that we've covered. And that includes Hip Hop Locos, which is so, nothing but shitty audio moments. So Casey's idea to walk to get uh, Maria and Becky, it turns out that was a really dumb idea because as soon as they start walking, there's a ton of zombies in front of them. Right. And in, we get to see a woman, who, who an unidentified woman in a car get attacked by zombies. This is a very strange sequence because she's inside a car and right. she puts up her window and then suddenly they cut to an outside angle and they pull her out of the window. Yeah, well, maybe they're supposed to be implying that they broke in through her window or something, but and didn't want to actually have to break her window to do it. Yes, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 probably the safest guess. So then she runs off and gets like three steps before falling down and getting attacked by zombies. There's some really weird like moments in this scene too. Like there's just a guy like shaking a street sign. Yeah, and, just shaking a sign. And like another zombie just admiring this row of like porcelain bunnies. Which or I like, mean, like, that's a that's that's a zombie moment, right? That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the shaking the shaking the street sign, not so much. Right. So the three remember the characters that we're following. Right. Uh, so just just to uh, reinforce those characters, there's Casey, there's Jake, and there's the other guy. Right. And Jake. They're, and by the way, Jake had just has, has just gotten bitten. Yes. Yeah. So uh, well, yeah. So he, he just in this kind of grouping of zombies, he gets bitten. Yeah. He gets bitten on the leg. Mm-hmm. So. They encounter a big group of zombies, and then Maria and Becky break through this group and uh, and punch them in the face. They, it's so fucking idiotic. They walk, they, they push through, and all the zombies fall down. Yeah. Also, we've got about 15 minutes left of this movie. Yeah, there's, like, there's almost nothing left. By the way, this moment was so beautiful that I captured it as an animated GIF. You can look at it on our Facebook page. Uh, it's 
this is gonna. T I gotta explain to you how frustrating this movie is to me. Please. Well, like this moment right now, uh, is this is probably one of the better put together moments in the movie. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they're somehow able to destroy all these zombies just by knocking them down. Sure. But they make their big kind of of arrival. Yep. They give this line. Why don't we play the line that they say? Where are they all going? I guess we were kicking too much ass. All right. So the zombies are scared, I guess, because they're kicking their asses, even though we see them punch one of them. Yep. Punched. Yep. So this is now going to transition into people not knowing where other people are. They're all together now, right? Right, like they're, right. They're literally all facing each other. <laughs> and Becky is going to somehow disappear and go somewhere else. Well, yeah, yeah. it's movie magic, man. Yeah, no, she literally vanishes and shows up back at the bar from earlier. Yeah. Like it like it, it there's no it, reason at all. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fucking terrible. Uh in fact we also have one more audio clip. It's a conversation between uh Maria and the other guy, the unnamed guy, and this is supposed to be, by the way, a suggestion that they have some sort of romantic tension between them. Also, this is a dubbed sequence and it's terrible <laughs> yeah well i mean i guess now we know why they didn't dub the other sequence because the, the other sequence you had to dub it yeah you really had to and this one you didn't have to at all but man they did just such a bad job well here listen you guys judge for yourself ray how are you holding up i'm all right haven't got bitten yet that's always nice where's frog and scott See, it's, I mean, that's a great line. I mean, it's a great uh, example of, of really bad dubbing. But it's even better when you when you watch it and you realize the lips yeah, don't, even don't, don't even I remotely line up. Where's Frog and Scott? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So Becky ran back to the uh, bar from earlier for, somehow. Ray, how are you holding up? I'm all right. <laughs> so uh, she goes into the bar for no reason. All it is, The only reason is... Because that guy from earlier with the gay jokes, right. he's he's now tending bar for some reason. Oh, can we also state for the record that this is the first time that Ray is named in the film? Right. Ray, this, that's right. She, she said it in that audio clip. Yeah, this is the first time we hear the name Ray in the movie. And there is eight minutes or like 12 minutes left to this film. I would recommend not getting too attached to Ray. No, it's <laughs> probably for the better. So uh, Becky runs into the bar. The bartender directs her out the door saying, hey, why don't you go back to where your friends were just then since right. that's what you're looking for. Yep. And then he says, I'm not gay. Yeah, for, uh, yeah reiterating the point. So <laughs> now they're outside. All the, the characters are crouched down. All the surviving ones are crouched down next to like a, a, a brick wall or something. And the idea, the, the big plan that they have I mean, the, it seems like it would be kind of obvious. You should find a vehicle and drive off, right? Right, right, right. No, their plan is to break into a house through a bunch of zombies and hide in a basement. You know what's great about this one, though, is that there's no microphone like in this scene. So, like, Casey's, like, talking about something. I'm assuming this is what she's saying. But you can't, you can't hear a goddamn thing she's saying. The other hilarious thing is that on the right-hand side of the screen while they're crouched down, there's a person's arm just there. There's someone standing there, and you can't – I mean, you can't miss it. There's just right, someone right. there. Um, and, and I think the person there is holding a mic, but it doesn't make any sense because, like you said, the sound is you can't even understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, they, so, yeah, they probably realize that shotgun mic doesn't – you know, you can't, like, stand back 100 feet and try to 
grab the audio. But the weird thing is that they're all shuffled to the left-hand side of the screen. Right. And this person's on the right. But you think you could just move that person off screen to their to their right, right? You know, <sighs> further left, and then you'd have tons of – right? It would be directed right at them. You'd think. Anyway. Wh- what do I know? <laughs> so, uh, so their idea is fucking idiotic. Right. But they all agree to it nonetheless. And Jake volunteers to distract – the zombie, since he's already been bitten. I mean, that makes sense. And uh, Ray also decides to go with him, which makes a lot less sense. Yeah, because he hasn't been bitten. He has not been bitten. It's like, let's go sacrifice ourselves to lure the zombies away. Okay. Yeah, right? It's like, I'm already dead. You're not, but now you will be. <laughs> so uh, Jake runs towards the zombies, like over to them. And he goes, hey, bitches, let's go. And all the zombies follow him for some reason. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing that cracks me up is that, like, is that, so at this point, yeah, so zomb- he leads all the zombies away. Uh, the girls successfully sneak into the basement. But what I wanted to know is why at this point are they still in their schoolgirl uniforms? <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously it's fucking eye candy. I get it. And it's like fetish and all that other shit. But I mean, it's like, like they've all been home. I mean, in fact, uh, Casey even took a shower yeah, and, and then threw her uniform back on again. Now, let me correct you, Mo. It's a cool girl. A <laughs> uh, ghoul, ghoul girl, yes. <laughs> now, you were right the first time. Goo girl. Yeah, goo girl. <laughs> so, yes, uh, that's a very good question. That uh, is... Oh, 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 yeah, Then... All right, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kate, so now they're in the basement. Casey starts crying. And here is, here is probably... Uh, an, well, not probably, but just another completely inexplicable moment in the film where all of a sudden Maria's like, Oh, by the way, I've got a bottle around here somewhere and just pulls out a bottle of bottle of vodka. They start passing it around. It's like, is this like a a house that they snuck into often? So I guess, I mean, I I guess there's a suggestion that it's possible that this is Maria's house. Uh, Okay. That's the only way that that would make sense. Right. I, I guess. Anyway, I don't know if we made it clear. Yes, they after the zombies are distracted, they run in and go into the basement. Right, I I, I mentioned that. Oh, uh, okay, but so so but this point, so so this is one of those points where they're passing around the bottle and they're having one of these sort of sad moments, and you just hear people in the background talking, just chatting, just with each other, chit chat, no problem. It is, I mean, you don't even have to like to listen closely. It's not like it's not like we're paying super close attention. Yeah, to we're them. not. <laughs> but but you can totally just hear people talking in the background. It is. Fuck. And also, by the way, it's just them st- standing around drinking. Yeah. You, you could have just wiped the audio all together and put some default background noise in, and it would have been fine. Yep. <sighs> so anyway, remember Ray and Jake? No. They're now hiding behind a car. Uh, Ray has now been wounded. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Um, and uh, and they recognize that they're going to end up like those things. And <laughs> The best part... They- the best part here is that Jake tells him, uh, confesses to uh, to Ray that uh, Maria had a crush on him, and that <laughs> and then Ray's like, "Wait, wait, wait, hold on! I could have stayed behind and gotten laid." <laughs> I mean, it's it's a frankly, he's he's right to be a little upset about that, right? <laughs> so then they have what is supposed to be a touching moment, where Jake tells a story about uh, when they were kids and they went to a mall. To play Battletoads. They were, were going to play Battletoads in the arcade, and some rich kid, uh, he, he butt in front of them in the line, and right. then Ray beat the shit out of him. Yeah. So the comparison point here is that 
these zombies, they're taking our place in line. <laughs> yeah, so so in a normal movie, this would be the point where uh, they would rise up and go <laughs> and go and have this really like uh, inspirational moment where they go and cleave their way through a million zombies. Right, you know? so they'll go out and they'll kill like a dozen, but then they'll eventually be overwhelmed by them. It's very heroic because what? they've they they're out there killing so many which right? is fine yeah because be, but but the idea is that you'd want to take down a lot of them exactly. before before you fall yourself mm-hmm. no they go out and they are killed immediately <laughs> if, if one of them like they go out with a tire iron and a uh, a golf club and right. they are killed like they are taken down literally in seconds in seconds and, dude, and then they're like screaming as they're being attacked, and it's like that's the least heroic. Thing <laughs> uh, by the way, everybody, we're literally the last two minutes of the movie. This yep. is just about to come to an end. Uh, the three girls in the basement—they're all still there. They're hugging because talking about how they they love each other, and then they hear someone start to shuffle down the stairs. Like, did they not, like, reinforce the door or lock it at all? No, because somebody else might need to sneak away from some zombies and come down and drink with them. It's important to note, by the way, that they've, they've gone into this house and into the basement, but we never see them go inside the house. Right. So we have no idea what the layout of the house looks like or if there were zombies in there. Right, right. Um, so uh, she asks, uh, one of the girls asks a very, um, a very important question about this person shuffling down the stairs. All right. Yeah, it actually is Zombie Jake. I was gonna say it actually is. It's both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they, um, recognizing that it's Jake, they all suddenly, even though they were just hugging and crying moments ago, they now position themselves to fight. Yeah. What happened to her sword? I wonder. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, they position themselves Charlie's Angel style to fight, uh, and it, and she goes, "You're so not my boyfriend anymore." <laughs> And I guess it could have ended with them, like, sort of being a badasses and, like, beating the shit out of the zombie for some reason. Yeah. But instead, uh, the zombie is shot. Right. By nuns. Those nuns. The nuns are, are the nuns are back. Everyone's favorite character, the lesbian nun and the kind of bitchy nun. Right. And uh, they have guns and they're shooting zombies now. And they... What do they say then, Mo? <laughs> I, you know, I knew you were going to toss this one to me <laughs> because the audio in this particular scene is so bad, so bad that you cannot understand a single thing this nun says. I mean, I kind of got the idea that she says something along the lines of run along to school girls, but then there's a whole nother line she says after that that's literally just mumbles. I went back on it like four times to try to figure out what, because it's the last line of the entire it's movie. It's the last line of the movie, yeah. And I went back on I went back on it two or three times myself too. Nothing. No, and th- that is it. That's uh, it. So, so what happens is then... We hear some sounds. The nuns turn around facing the camera with their guns. Yep. And uh, then the movie ends. Yep. Closing credits time. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we we went through it, this movie, every instance of it, like every bit of it, point by point, agreed on every technical problem, every stupid plot element, every horrible line, every bit of terrible acting, every bit of incompetence through the whole thing. Yep. And we still have come to the end and we're exactly where we were at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> where you still managed to enjoy yourself, 
Though I, I think, again, I think we're closer than, than it seems because I think you can admit that this is a terribly made movie. So much for Mr. Reliability, huh? <laughs> no, it's a terribly made movie, absolutely. But I just, like, in its ineptness, you know what it is? It's like when you when you, when it's clear that the people are having fun, you know, then it's then it's kind of more fun to watch. And that's how it was for me. I, I thought, I felt like everybody in the movie was having a good time. You know, and I, and I just, I don't know, it rubbed off on me, so to speak, not in a pervy way. Uh, uh, during the closing credits, there is a cover of the Buddy Holly song, Peggy Sue, playing a punk cover of it. Done in a real rockabilly sort of style. Rockabilly is much more accurate way to say it. Uh, as we mentioned before, the soundtrack is by far the best thing about this movie. Uh, and, and they just, again, they just list the bands. They don't tell you what songs they did, because maybe they would have to say who did that Ramones cover. Right, right. <laughs> And, I mean, talk about poetic and perfect. The last image at the end of the credits is the title of the movie once again. It, it, they showed it. It's like, a, it's like someone has drawn uh, like the, it's the three girls with the words Catholic ghoul girls. We saw it at the beginning. They show it again at the end, except this time it's spelled incorrectly. They have it spelled Catholic ghoul girls, G-H-O-U, <laughs> without the L, girls. And somebody just left it in the fucking movie brilliant it's i mean it's so fucked up because they have it again i at the beginning they have the same image spelled right so <laughs> it especially doesn't make any sense i just love the idea of just sitting down and watching your movie and it's like hmm oh i don't think anyone will ever notice that <laughs> me spelling the name of our own fucking movie wrong so this is an inept effort <laughs> that's true it is pretty fucking inept now um I should temper some of my frustration with this movie, uh, but with the fact that Eamon Hardiman has gone on to have a very successful career in micro-budget cinema, and actually higher than micro-budget cinema. He directed a, uh, a short film that I've seen parts of. I actually haven't seen the whole thing. Uh, I think it's just short anyway. Now, you know what? Now that I think about it, it's actually a full, full-length feature. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's called Zombie Babies, but that's from 2011, so a number of years after this. He's also the director of the Pork Chop films. There's Pork Chop... Uh, Pork Chops, I think, and Pork Chop um, 2, Rise of the Rind, and Pork Chop 3D, which are fairly popular, like, slasher-style micro-budget movies that I haven't seen, but I know that people like them very much. So I would think that his skills and abilities have uh, improved significantly. I'm worried by the fact that he also edited a lot of these projects, <laughs> just like he edited Catholic Ghoul Girls. Right. Um, I will say I'm also curious about his effort immediately after Catholic Ghoul Girls, which is called Vampire Whores from Outer Space. Jesus Christ. I bet it is of a very similar quality to Catholic Ghoul Girls. I mean, uh, to his credit, after that movie, after Vampire Whores, uh, there's a five-year gap before he then went and made another feature. And I think um, I, I think that, you know, this is... <laughs> This is a learning experience. What we're seeing, we're, we're seeing his 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 first tries. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to to say in 2014 that this is what his abilities are. But I will say, you know, you put it out there, you got to expect that people are going to be critical about it. And uh, there's nowhere to go but up from Catholic Ghoul Girls. Right? Is it right? Right. Because because I think it's fucking great, according to Mo Porn. <laughs> Look, it's a great first effort. 
<laughs> is it? I don't know. It's good enough. It's better than anything I could come up with. It's 54 minutes long. It's That's- it's I, I the one thing I got to tell you is that the one thing I know for a fact I'd be able to do better than this movie did was editing. Yeah. You know, I you know, I consider myself a, a mediocre editor at best, but I I'm definitely significantly better than whoever worked on this one. Which was was Eamon Harden, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Now taking into account that the technology available in 2000. No, I'm talking about the technology from 2004. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I was gonna say too. I was actually editing back in 2004. Yeah, I was. I was definitely <laughs> editing by by 2004. And, and I can tell you that uh, the first time you sit down again and watch your movie and notice that there are, because that can happen, by the way, where you're editing like the 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 clips together, especially if you only have a single camera, and. Uh, you might have accidentally left a little blank space in between, so it ends up with just some some dumped frames, like just extra frames in between. And that could easily happen on your first edit, but then you get rid of that after you watch the movie. Right. And there's no way that makes it into the final version of the movie. Exactly. I mean, that's what this feels like. This feels like a first edit attempt. Yeah. You know? Uh, and and uh, I, I now, we did mention, I think, at the beginning of the show that there's recently been a DVD release of the 10th anniversary of Catholic Ghoul Girls. I don't think that it's a re-edit. I don't know if there's been any improvements on it. I know there are special features and interviews and things that are out there. I haven't seen it myself. But um, I, I will say that with, with like minor adjustments, with just things that you could do at home, this movie could have been improved quite a bit. Uh, but it still wouldn't have been a good movie. <laughs> no. No. All right. So um, apparently we do agree. I've changed Mo's mind. I've... No, 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 no. <laughs> I said I enjoyed it. I never said it was a good movie. I said I enjoyed it. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. Fucking great. <laughs> well, again, I think we, we came down near the same location. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, So More To Be reversed. Yeah, except So More To Be is a much much better movie than that's that. true i that is it's true it's not even close well i well, remember remember rem- i think you were just in a bad mood watching no that. remember i changed my mind ultimately <laughs> on it it took me it took me a few months but i did ultimately change my mind on it it's because my debate skills are so strong that's what it is master debater which is the kind of humor you can <laughs> no budget nightmares podcast it's true uh, catholic ghoul girls out of 10 what do you give it <laughs> We're rating again? We're, no. I was we say. We, did we ever, I think in the early days of the show, did we I, rate movies? God, I want to say, I want to say that in the early days that we suggested or not suggested movies, like we, like recommended, but I, I don't think we ever actually rated. Yeah. I think it's unfair, especially some of the movies that we're, we're putting against each other. I mean, yeah. how do rate them? Um, I, I even hate rating when I write like articles for daily grindhouse i always do like a, i do a, a reverse skull scale where it doesn't make any sense because the less that you get the better the movie is <laughs> and i regretted doing that scale immediately and that's i've been doing it for over two years now and i hate it every single time because i'll i'll give like the review to the guy who directed it and he'll be like and the first thing they'll think is oh shit it's like he gave me like one skull it must be really bad but it's the highest rating you can get <laughs> so fuck my idiot self for coming up with that um and uh, and not just going with the traditional scale and leaving it out altogether you're dumb dumb i'm a dumb dumb indeed uh well we did have a little discussion before we started recording about what we're going to be covering on the next episode of the no budget nightmares podcast yep. you told me not to ask you what it was. <laughs> and, the, and ironically as i remember 
I rem- of course, because I told you not to ask me, I remembered what it is. Uh, it actually is one of the more notable uh, and one one that's actually been uh, suggested that we do in the past. Yep. Of shot on video efforts from the very late '80s, and what is it, Mo? Violent shit. Violent shit. Part of the violent shit is it a trilogy of films? Uh. At least a trilogy. Uh, Andreas Schnoss. It's a German film from 1989. Yeah, yeah, it's Schnoss. Yeah, it's good. Um, and it's known by a number of different uh, titles, but I think everybody who would be listening to this, who is aware of this movie, know it mostly as violent shit. Das violent scheiße. Yes, violent. Um, <laughs> and that's going to be very. That's going to be quite a different kind of movie than Catholic Ghoul Girls was. Uh, I will say. I agree. Uh, most of if people were looking for us, hey, if people wanted to find out a little more information about uh, the podcast, go and find out about old episodes, maybe go to our iTunes page and leave us a review so they can get on the list to win a copy of Light of Blood. How would uh, they go about doing that? Well, uh-huh. they could drop onto the old uh, Facebook there and div- give us a search, No Budget Nightmares. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. Uh, let's see if they wanted to find either one of us on Twitter. We both, mm-hmm. we both do that. You can find me at drunk on VHS and you can find me at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E Y. Yeah. And I want to confirm that there's actually four officially violent shit movies. Oh, uh, most, most recent from 2010. So yeah. So maybe, Hey, maybe we'll cover the whole quadrilogy. <laughs> no, we'll see how this first one goes. Yeah, as you say, maybe over the course of the show. But uh, I'm not... <laughs> God, I want to. Uh, do... That'd be. Oh, imagine doing them all in one episode. Yes, I can imagine that. Uh, I'd be like, kill me. <laughs> so uh, yes, so you can find us over on. Did we? Are... Did you mention the Facebook? I was reading I, something. I, I did. Yes, thank you for paying attention when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's like Mo talk now while I do something. <laughs> Mo, you vamp for a second. I got. I got shit to do here. Let me repeat everything you just said. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can also go to nobudgetpodcast.com. Find out all our stuff. Right. Uh, Mo, have you seen any uh, reasonable movies lately? Um, Not really. I've been watching a lot of TV. Uh, what? Yeah, I watched the whole first season of The Blacklist. That show's amazing. You know, Mo, I've heard uh, these days television is almost as good as the movies. It is. That's why I've been watching it. I mean, I did watch one movie, and I'm almost embarrassed to even mention it. But well, I wa- Now you have got Now I have to. I watched that movie, The Giver. Oh, the, the, that's not in the cinemas right now. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. What's it about? It's about like... um the like adult movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about like a, like a utopian society and everything kind of goes to shit because this one kid, uh, you know, like discovers emotions and stuff. I, you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, for, for what it is, <laughs> for, for what it is and, and, you know, and for the situation in which I watched it, i.e. alone at like three o'clock in the morning at work. You know, like it was, uh, it was okay. It was definitely, uh, not brain damaging enough to, to make me like regret having watched it. I was, I was okay with it. It wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. Ooh, rave reviews from Mopor. Yeah. Once it's, a, again. it's about as rave as it's going to get for that one. But I mean, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I watched, uh, like I said, I watched the whole first season of the blacklist. I started watching the shield, which I've never watched before. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, it's because for me, it's a lot easier to watch television shows at work than it is to try to pay attention to a movie for two and a half hours. I mean, you could work. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. My job doesn't require a lot of work. 
<laughs> uh, for those interested in hearing more stories from Mo's job, you should follow him on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I uh, I just saw that movie, The Drop, last night. The, oh yeah, yeah. How was that? From the director of Bullhead. It's actually really good. You good. know, it's uh, from the writer uh based on a short story of of gone baby gone and mystic river and that sort of thing right and if you like that sort of crime thriller type thing uh then you'll probably really dig it especially if you like those the, that um gone baby gone which is a great movie this isn't quite to that level but it's got a really good tom hardy performance in it and it's james gandolfini's last role so i mean you know if you like that kind of shit it's kind of low-key uh but uh, but i really dug it and, of course, I saw a bunch of movies at TIFF, and if you want to read about that, just head over to dailygrindhouse.com and read my reports. All right. But I think, Mo, that we have exhausted our bandwidth. <laughs> we're running out of space here. That's where well, we've exhausted our bandwidth, which is my euphemism for needing to take a piss. Yeah, right. Pause for edit. When we finish talking, you should be hearing a brand new song from Rue about Catholic ghoul girls. Yeah, I think I think Rue's gonna have a fun time writing a song about this one. Yeah, so do I. And and honestly, I'm interested just to hear his feelings on the movie in general. Actually, I had a really funny moment on Facebook the other day with uh, with Rue and um, oh, what's his name, Joe Sherlock, right from from Odd Noggins. And uh, where he, where Joe Sherlock actually quoted Rue's song from the last episode to <laughs> to him in a in a message, uh, like in a thread that I had posted, and so like, and then so I continued it with, oh, do you remember that verse? You know, and like, and so, and Rue was like, I can't believe that the director of the film I wrote the song about just fucking quoted my own damn song back to me. <laughs> I mean, and again, we've we've reinforced this a lot, but it's strange how often uh, personalities and directors show up in right. our Facebook group to talk about the movies. <laughs> uh, we don't know if that's going to be the case uh, in this particular movie, but who knows? I actually did link him uh, on Twitter to say that we were going to be talking about it. Uh, that actually, before we finish up, Mo, I did have one bit of housekeeping that we didn't mention: is that I received a Facebook message after Odd Noggins, after our last episode, from uh, one of the featured players from that film, Jeff Dylan Graham. Yeah, how cool is that? He uh, And this is actually what he wrote to us. He just said, I just wanted to write to you and tell you that I love your podcast, and I noticed you'd done an Odd Noggins episode. I laughed my ass off. I can't believe anyone's actually seen it. It's <laughs> definitely not my shining moment. <laughs> you guys are great. Keep it up. Very nice words from Jeff, Jeff Dylan Graham. Again, a guy who I have a lot of respect for and has done a lot of great work in uh, no-budget films, but uh, certainly... His performance in Odd Noggins is one that he recognizes was maybe uh, an early, not quite uh, up to par effort. I love uh, that I was in my pantry, you know, not long after we recorded the Odd Noggins one. Oh, really? And I and I just happened to notice that we had picked up a uh, a pack of uh, of of lemon puddings and so <laughs> so so I had to take a picture of it and I posted that thing on the uh, the the. The Facebook group saying that uh, the next Odd Noggins film had started filming in my house. <laughs> to which I believe Joe Sherlock responded something with on that. I forget what he's what he said specifically, but that was pretty funny. We do have fun, and uh, and again the the cadre is is expanding. It, there's more people joining the group every day. Yep. Uh, it's a it's it's a fun spot, folks. There's a lot of interaction there. There's a lot of recommendations. Uh, you get to see some real luminaries pop in and out. So yeah, please add uh, go on the Facebook group. I'm going to be pushing that uh, contest on there as well. Keep your eyes open for it. But aside from that, I guess we will see all of you 
in some violent shit in just a couple of weeks. Yep, yep. Yep. Night, everybody. Night, folks. crazy town Everyone here wants to hold us down but they don't know our love I'll hold you close to me and won't let you go Please love don't leave me here I can't be alone Look at this place but don't trust your eyes Let's leave this place Since I've realized The walking dead are here They're still all scattered But I think we should go Please love don't stay behind I can't be alone Because there's nothing that I need more For the rest of my life than to leave this town with you I want to spend the rest of my time in this world with my Catholic cool girls Nobody likes you when you are dead So I'd rather stay alive instead I'll remember to shoot for the head And if you change, I'll know what you said You see me love, but I'm different now I tried to save your life by distracting them all But now I'm here instead Your heart is true, but yet mine lies still I'm not here to protect you now, I'm here to kill. Now there's nothing that I need more for the rest of my life than to slice my blade straight through. So I can spend the rest of my time in this world as someone else's Catholic cool girl.